you got to sing the theme and then we'll. Are you ready? You don't have to sing it on pitch. We edited it out. It's fine. <laughs> I don't ever sing on pitch. <laughs> Welcome to Love in Brief, a brief ABDL podcast focused on issues of love. Mm-hmm. Love for yourself. Of course. Love for others. Always. Love for your community. Uh-huh. And today is a bonus edition because Yay. we love... To make announcements about new things in the EBDL community. Look at you. You see that love yeah, I snuck in there? you snuck that all the way in And there. today we're going to make an announcement about a brand new book I am so stoked about. Yes, and it's not just because we love books. It's because we love the writer, we yep. love the topic, yep. and we love the book so far. Oh my God. So uh, how about you introduce our guest? This is our friend, Dr. Rhoda. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. We've enjoyed talking to her so much. She's just a fountain of knowledge, and uh, we're so excited to have you back. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your love since the last time we spoke? Thank you. I'm so happy to be back, just to mention that. <laughs> we're so happy to have um, you back. By the way, if listeners, I know. listeners, if you haven't listened to Dr. Rhoda's episodes, don't stop what you're doing because it's a bonus episode. It's very short. But as yeah. soon as you're done doing this... Go back and listen to Dr. Rhoda's episode. She was with us at CapCon 2020? 2020. Right? 1938. Yeah, it has Capcom been so long since Capcom. It was literally like a week before the world shut down. She was with it us was. on that panel. She's been with us on two other episodes, and she is an absolute fountain of wisdom. So go, go back after this bonus episode, after you're done listening, and then hopefully I would encourage you to go order on Amazon, and then go back and listen. Okay, Dr. Rhoda, please tell us about your life. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I mean, so much has happened then. Like, it's just hard to imagine. Um, oh, God. How, how do I even how do I even begin? What, what do you love um, right now? I'm curious. Like, what, when, when you like, look inside your heart, like, what is the thing that is really warming you up right now? Well, you know, I mean, there, there are some amazing things happening in my life right now, some of which I, I can't quite share yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... The th- I, we have we have taken um, somebody into our home who who just kind of needs some help needs some help getting back on their feet and mm-hmm. we've done this before my husband and I yeah. and 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 this person has some very unique needs and and watching my husband with this person um, it often he he can be so kind and so caring and generous and watching that just completely. Um, r- reminds me why I've been with this man for 21 years um, and w- why I continue to fall in love with him over and over again. He mm. um, he is truly an amazing man. Uh, my so, heart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I love that. It, it, the first time that I saw RNT interacting with my daughter, when she first came into our lives, I was like, oh, yeah, like, l- look at I look know. at that. That's, that oh, is the thing you. that you see that with your partner and it just can melt your heart. Oh, and that's so good. Yeah, it is. Well, now it I'm all warm is. and gooey on the Me inside. Me too. I feel like a cookie. I, I like a chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting all verklempt. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. That's a great word. Um. So here's the here's the big announcement. You have a brand new book out. I do. And it's not just I any do. book. You've published, you know, other works, but this is a book entirely for uh, and about ABDL folk. 
It is. It is. I I realized late last year um, that it was time for me to write a book about ABDL, that it was finally time for me to do a big brain dump of because I have been working with people in the ABDL community for almost 12 years now. It'll be 12 years in January. So it's been almost 12 years. And I realized this summer that I actually had reached the point where I estimated I've probably worked with over a hundred ABDL individuals. Wow. A hundred. Right. Which to put that in context, like, I mean, people can say, well, a hundred is not that many in my world. A hundred is a lot. Most of the therapists and mental health providers who I have talked to about this, if they've seen any, in their entire career, they have maybe seen five or less. Hmm. I have met a handful who've maybe worked with 10 or more. Yeah. So Not- to have 112 years, and, and these are people who I'm talking like a 20 to 30 year career. So 100 plus in 12 years is significant. I should say, I remember when I told my therapist, who was a a sexologist, about my interest, she got so excited because she's like, oh, I've heard of you guys, but I've never met one. (laughs) I've heard of you. (laughs) Yeah, it was like she was meeting Sasquatch. It was like, oh, how amazing that I get to see you in person. So so 100, I mean, my goodness, you probably have learned so much. I have. And like that was this summer. And since this summer, I've had more. So I'm probably closer to 125, 130 now. Um, I think because I've been on so many podcasts talking about it, people are now finding me. Yeah. Not to be dramatic, but you must be up there for the people for the like in the experts just by virtue of time spent with ABDL's in yeah. a professional way. Like you must be up there in terms of experts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have people contact me literally from all over the world. I mean, I've worked with people from Australia and Canada and England and France and Israel. I've literally worked with people all over the world. Wow. So I, I do yeah. think it's, and I have professionals contact me going, Oh, I heard of you. I have this person. I need to ask you questions. So oh, like, wow. wow. That's actually, I would never have thought of that. That's awesome. So other, yeah. other clinical psychologists or therapists or sexologists will say, Hey, I've got this person. I don't know what to do with them. Can you give me some advice? Right. Wow. Right. Um, and even people in other professions, such as, you know, attorneys that are having, um, family law cases where they have somebody and the, the, other partner is suing for divorce and saying, oh, they're not a good can- candidate to be with the children because they're an ABDL. And clearly they, they couldn't be a decent parent. I'm like, yeah, I hear that unfortunately way too much and it breaks my heart. Mm. Oh, that's sad. So, so one of the things I, I want to dive into the book because <laughs> frankly, there's so much here, right? It's like 250 <laughs> pages of absolute gold and, I'd love to know, like, when you started this book, I want to, in just a minute, I'm going to ask you about specific topics, but when you started this book as a whole, did you have a mission? And if so, what did you hope that by the time folks closed the back cover and walked away, that they would take away from it and know or feel or do? Ah, that's a wonderful question. Um... I actually came up with the title for it when I was I was actually on another podcast, another ABDL podcast uh, with Zorro Daddy, if you're familiar with him. And somehow, as we were talking, I said 
that I often like to tell people that, you know, that they're not broken. And I just suddenly had this flash of like, oh, my God, that'd be a great title of a book that you're not broken. Isn't that such an important message? Like that was instrumental in why we started this podcast. Right. Was to tell folks you're not broken. Right. Because I still to this day get so many people who've come to me feeling like they're broken. And, and to this day, still ask people asking me, can you fix me? Can you, can you make this go away? And I have to, as gently as I possibly can tell them that first of all, this is not going to go away. Um, but that I can't fix something that's not broken. Oh, that's so that's, powerful. And I would, and I would, oh, I'm sorry. Know, and it's so hard for a lot of people to hear. Because they're so entrenched in that belief system that they're broken and that they have to be fixed, that they have to be quote unquote normal. Yeah. Well, and but, if you're driving your car and it's not, you know, getting you where you want to go or it's making all kinds of noise or disruption in your life, you would say, okay, my car is broken, right? Something is right. wrong with the car. So we think of ourselves the same way, I think, and, and say, right. well, if, if things aren't going in, in my relationships, my, my marriage, my um, pursuits aren't going, as I must be broken. But it's not exactly. true. It's not true. Yeah. And, and, and helping them to understand that and helping them to, particularly if they've already been in a relationship for a long time and their partner is... So absolutely unaccepting, which, which I've certainly seen plenty of, unfortunately. And because so often when people get into relationships and they're, you know, they're young and they're trying to understand the side of themselves. And so let's face it, they don't explain it very well (laughs) to the person and they explain it from this place of weakness, of, oh, I have this horrible, terrible thing about me. Please love me anyway. Yeah. I've I got this disease. Our, I think one of our guests <laughs> called it diaper cancer. <laughs> it was, I think yeah. that was that Mako. <laughs> yeah, because he said it. We, we describe it like, listen, <laughs> this yep. is the worst thing about me. <laughs> I was yes. bit by a radioactive diaper. I remember yeah. him saying that. Yeah. 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 Or that they think that the relationship will help them stop wanting diapers. So this is a really, I mean, wanting, we could do an yeah. entire episode on this. Maybe we should, Dr. Rhoda, but you're, well, maybe we should, yes. maybe we should, but I think we definitely should. Okay. We definitely two people, should. Two smart people said we maybe should. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and All be three the of third us, person we definitely and be like, should. we should. But after, after working with a hundred plus 120 ABDL folk, after reading the literature, your conclusion is you can't purge this. It, you can't fix it. You can't get it out yes. of your of yourself. Yeah, and and that is what I tell people. And I and I still have people argue with me. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, we'll argue about it if you want to. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, people can often are so entrenched that somehow it has to go away, and they there has to be a way. Um. And, and unfortunately, there are mental health providers who are not knowledgeable enough um, or are just greedy enough that they will convince somebody that, sure, I can cure you of this. Um, and then when it doesn't happen, now the person feels even worse. 
Yeah. You know, and I like to tell them, like, the mental health field already learned these lessons with the gay, lesbian, bisexual community yeah. and the transgender community. We like we already learned that they're not broken and and all these horrible things that the mental health community tried to do to fix them didn't work and only left them feeling worse about themselves. Mm. And I don't see this as any different. I see this as the same, that it is absolutely, in my opinion, and I, I tell mental health professionals this all the time, that I think it's absolutely unethical and unprofessional to try to tell ABDL people that you can change them when there's no proof of this and all you're going to do is make them feel worse about themselves. What do you advise for those people who walk in and say, I have to get rid of this? Um, I mean, if they really feel like that's the direction they need to go, I tell, I, you know, I tell them that if, if that's what you need to do, certainly, you know, try to go find someone and do that, but know that I'll be here when it doesn't work mm. and you can still come back to me because I will still be here for you. Don't please don't feel like you can't ever come back to me when you realize that they have failed you and now you feel worse about yourself. Like, yeah. please know you can still come back to me. Like I will still be here. <laughs> That's so good. Do you expect that after this book has, um, been on the shelves for a while or so to speak, and people have actually gotten a hold of it that when they come to you, they will maybe have moved forward a step in sort of their own discovery of not being inherently flawed. And yeah, hopefully this will, this will really help people to, to start on that process of self-acceptance, figuring out how to manage some of those emotions, the fear, the shame, the embarrassment, the guilt, um, figuring out like how to talk to their partners about this, you know, even if they don't have it all figured out, like if, if they at least have some groundwork done, you know, it makes working with me a lot easier. Then if we have to start from scratch, I mean, I'm not that I'm, I'm more than happy to help somebody who's starting from scratch, but I think having the book out there will give people a leg up so that when they come to work with me, then it's, it's a much easier process. Mm. You know, they've, they've gotten some of the information of what this is and what this is not. They kind of understand a little bit about, Oh, this is kind of what the research says. Um, they have at least some clue of this whole process of working on shifting those in deeply ingrained belief systems and working on their own negative self-talk that is, that keeps people so stuck. Mm. That's really good. Um, but those things are not easy to do by yourself. And sometimes you do need more help um, than just what a book can give. Even though, I mean, someone could do it by themselves with just the book. Like there's all the exercises and all the journaling and all the, like if someone wanted to do it themselves and really dive into it, they could, they could do this with the book. Like it does give them the roadmap of how to do it. Um, but sometimes we need someone else to talk to. 
Yeah, someone um, to bounce our thoughts off of. Right. I mean, I, I think I've learned that in my own years of therapy with my own therapist who um, almost retired this year and then decided, well, maybe I'll still see a few people. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank goodness. Because <laughs> I've been seeing you for 19 years. Oh, like, wow. not all the time. Oh, no. But on and off. Like, but I could call her relationship. And be like, I yes. need a tune-up. <laughs> and so... When I found out she wasn't completely retiring, I was so thankful because when I talk to her, like I can process things, even just hearing myself say them out loud. Mm, yeah. That's a powerful that you thing. That you can't do in your own head. Mm-hmm. Um, would you recommend, do you think that you would recommend this book for people who may even not be in that I am broken space anymore? People who maybe are a little bit farther along in self-acceptance, but you know, still have their own, um, fears and, um, second guessing, um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I think even for people who've, who've worked through some of this stuff, um, those, those ingrained beliefs and that, that negative self-talk is so strong and pervasive that even when you feel like you've worked on a lot of stuff, there's, I still think there's nuggets in the book for people who have done a lot of their own work, but just could, they'll, they'll come across stuff. They'll be like, oh, now that makes sense in a way I haven't thought about it before. Yeah. And I'll say, I mean, from my own experience, right? Like, so I did 20 years of therapy. I've been with very sex positive therapists. Um, I've done a lot of work, obviously, in the ABDL world on my own self-acceptance. And I would say there's more than just nuggets. So if you're like me and you're, you know, 10 plus years into your journey of self-acceptance, there's a lot of good work here. I mean, you even called out like one of the last chapters is that self-acceptance is a journey, not a destination, right? So exactly. And I will underscore that point a thousand times over. If you're like me and you're like, oh, I did all the self-acceptance stuff, but some days I still feel like an idiot or some days I, I look at myself in a diaper and I feel like I shouldn't look like this or be like this or whatever right. that thing is. Like, yes, that makes sense to me. This is not a... a a destination. You're going to be doing this in one form or another forever. But every year, every month, every week that you practice self-acceptance, that you practice these practices, frankly, that you outline in the book, uh, yeah. you, you get that one step closer to that amazing feeling that I live in most days. And, it, and on the days when I don't live there, that's okay too. And on the days when I don't accept right. myself, that's okay too. And I think you speak to that really beautifully. Thank you. Yeah. And, and it's also why there's a, there's a whole chapter on trying to build resilience. Because I think the amazing thing that we've learned over the last 20 plus years in the, in the world of psychology is, is trying to study the people who, I mean, we all get knocked down in life. But what is the difference between the people who get knocked down and become broken and the people who keep going. Yeah. That, that word resilience who, is so big here. It, and resilience is so important for people in the ABDL community, because even if you get to a point of, of accepting yourself and loving yourself and being uh, feeling stronger, something's still going to happen in life that can knock you down and that can 
shift your feelings of acceptance. And so having that resilience is extremely important in life uh, because we all get knocked down. And, And the important thing is not whether or not you get knocked down or how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times do you get back up? Mm-hmm. And if you and, had, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know, it's getting back up and how do you look at the, how do you perceive it? How do you look at it? Yeah. Yeah. If you had to say that there, if there was one chapter you were the most proud of, or you thought would help people mm-hmm. the most, which one would you highlight? Oh, wow. That is such an excellent question. Um, I think I really like the chapter for the partners and the spouse mm-hmm. um, of ABDLs. And I, I specifically wrote a chapter just for them to kind of help them to understand things that oftentimes their partners want to tell them but struggle to tell them uh, because they just don't know how or they don't need to, need to get the words out. And so... I thought having a chapter just for the partners to help them wrap their head around this in a different way um, was really important. Um, And not for the ones who who are just learning about this, but for the ones who have maybe known about it for 10, 15, 20 years and have struggled with it for all these years um, and have felt resentful or felt lied to and and help them understand that it's like, most likely your partner did not intentionally lie to you, but they didn't have the language to explain it to you. Yeah. They weren't trying to deliberately manipulate you, but they just didn't know how to talk about it. And if you can, if you can put aside your resentment and try to come at this from a new angle that, what a shift that could make in their relationship. That is a very, I've never heard of having a chapter for the spouses or partners of people who are exploring something. Like I would have never thought to put a chapter in the, in a book for someone for their partner to read, but of course, what a, yeah. what a wonderful idea. Like, right. Heck yeah, why don't more books do that? That's a great idea. Well, one of the things that we hear about this podcast sometimes is, hey, I, I used it to, to talk to my partner about what's going on with me. Well, I can tell you, great, thank you, uh, but also <laughs> get this book and show them that chapter because it's really good. It's a great way to hand over uh, the book and say, this is a, a, a voice that is not me that may be able to say some things that I haven't been able to say to you. Because as you yeah. said, Dr. Woodard, I just don't have the language. And you have gone to the effort to make that language plain for them. Right. And I even in that chapter, I, I reached out to um, a couple I had worked with. Um, I'd worked with him more than her, but I'd worked with her as well. And she, when she first found out, um, she really was struggling with how to how to deal with this, how to wrap her head around it. You know, how was she going to be able to look at her husband the same way if she saw him in a diaper? And 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 they actually were at uh, Capcom in 2020, which completely shifted uh, their relationship for the mm. better. 
Um, And so I asked her if she'd be willing to write a small piece about her kind of her own experience about, you know, where she started at feeling like, I don't know that I can handle this. I don't know how I can see him in a diaper and still see him as the man I married to, you know, when they, after they left Capcom and they were just completely transformed. Um, And I, it, it was nice to have her actual words um, in the chapter, talking to partners, you know, so it's not just coming from me, like it's actually coming from someone who's experienced it um, and who's who's been able to make that shift themselves, uh, which I thought was so extremely powerful. I think that is a huge deal. Absolutely. Yeah, I do think it is, too. And you even wrote a chapter preceding that one, which covers the question that we get most from our listeners. Um, so I'm going to spoil our own podcast because I think they should just go read the book. But you wrote a chapter, How Do I Tell My Significant Other About This? And yeah. I, I don't want to spoil the chapter because there's a lot of good stuff there, but w- what's the crux of that? Um, you know, I, I there, there's actually two chapters for that. There's the one on when you're thinking about telling your partner um, and kind of things to think about um, leading up to it and things to try to figure out whether or not that's even a good decision. That's a good call. Um, yeah. You may, yeah, not, you because, may not want because to. Sometimes the person is giving you signals to say, oh, no, they, they are not going to accept this. This is not going to go well. Maybe you just need to cut bait and run now um, and not cause yourself the the emotional brain damage. Um, and there are certainly some signs that will indicate that mm, this is not someone who's going to accept this. Um, and I talk about that. Um, uh, but then there's also a chapter talking about like, okay, you've told your partner and they're not wanting to accept this. They're not wanting to learn about it. Then what do you do? Yeah. That's you a know. very different ball game. Yeah. Which is sure a, is. You're right. It's a whole different ball game. Now, I um, wanted to ask, um, you mentioned something uh, that I had never heard before, which was that there were still people in our community who didn't know they were part of a community, who thought that they were the only ones. Right. And I wanted to hear you talk about that a little bit and how, I mean, I can't imagine how much this book must be like a a beacon of light. Yeah. Just being like, what do you mean I'm not broken? There are right. others of me. Like, yeah. Can you talk yeah. more about that isolation and um, what that's like for sure, those people? Sure, um, and Because it is amazing to me how many people I run across who are still so very isolated um, and, and are still in that place of either thinking that they're the only one or maybe they've heard about it, but they really don't understand that there's a whole community. Um, that there are so many people like them and that this piece of them is just one piece of them and it, it doesn't have to define them. And it's, it, it doesn't mean that they are broken, that they can't have a relationship, that they, they can't function in society. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing how many people there are still out there like that. Um, and I remember being there, Dr. Rhoda. I remember thinking, sure. I, uh, the moment that I confessed this to my therapist, 
they're going to call the police and I'll be locked up for a lifetime for c- crimes I didn't commit. You know what I mean? Like, like right. there's no way I'm acceptable. Right. Much less that I can live a happy life with a happy partner, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, I think there are so many people who think I, I just, I, I am so broken. Somebody has to fix me and, and to be able to try to reach people and tell them like, really, you are not the problem. Um, Unfortunately, society still is a problem. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it also depends a big part on where you live. There are certainly areas of the country where this people learning about this can be much more well re- received than in other parts. Um, I, I, I even hate to say this, but I recently learned of somebody who, when some family members of his found out, um, he, he was actually beaten to death. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it's, it's just so hard to fathom that, that people are so freaked out by this, that they can't, they can't just be like, Oh, okay. So you're different, whatever. No, that the, that, that level of hatred and is, is still so deep in, in some areas. Um, it, it just breaks my heart. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. And to think really of is. the small efforts that we make that, that you're making and the big efforts with the book, but to hopefully eventually over time to break that story. Right. Yeah. And because, and obviously the, a, a big part of what we need to do is it's more than just, reaching the ABDL community and their partners. Like we, it's not that all the ABDLs have to come out. We don't need an ABDL pride parade every year. Right. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not the same thing as being LGBTQ. It's not the same thing, yeah. But we do need to educate, you know, attorneys who are in uh, family law and who deal with divorce and child custody cases. We need to educate law enforcement, um, for when cases like someone who's been attacked do come to them and they at least understand what they're dealing with, um, emergency room, medical staff, um, psychiatric staff, you know, because when ABs come into the ER or the um, hospital with any type of emergency medical care, oftentimes they're very regressed. Yeah. And the medical team don't know how to deal with it. And their first thought is, well, we just have to call psych. Right. And they put him in psychiatric lockup for a few days. And they put him in psychiatric lockdown. Right. Yes. And I almost had this happen to someone recently. And I'm like screaming on the phone going, put me in touch with the psychiatrist in charge. Let me talk to them. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just losing my mind going how I, I cannot let this person end up in a psychiatric lockdown because that's going to be the worst thing for them. You people have to understand. <laughs> right. They're, they're not broken. They're not sick. They may be sick yeah. with appendicitis. Right. But you like, sent and, them and to they psych. They regressed at this point. But if you put them in psych, that is going to do some really severe damage. Like right. they are going to come out of this. Right. Their adult side's going to come back. It's just, it's just they're sick, they're hurt, they're afraid. Of course, they're regressed. Right. Like, trust me, they are going to come out of it. And like, I had to beg with these people to keep them. And thankfully, there was one person on the staff who was brilliant and wonderful and, and actually had heard of me. And so <laughs> trusted what I was telling and, and 
managed to get the psychiatric staff not to put this person in a psych ward. Um, I'll think about that. I'm forever in this person's debt. (laughs) So, I mean, if that happens to somebody who's listening and they're getting routed to some serious place, do you have any advice for them? Well, I mean, it would help at least if their partner knew, like, like they need somebody to advocate for them. Yeah. Like they need somebody to be able to talk to the medical staff and say, look, I realize you don't understand this, but this is what happens and it is okay. And if you don't believe me, go find this, this crazy woman in Colorado and talk to her. <laughs> like, Go do something, please. Oh, you wow. Know, don't, yeah. let, don't let them put them in a psych ward. I think we need because- to do two more episodes now. So now we've committed to two episodes. <laughs> I want to do one with a lawyer who understands family law. And I want to do one with a psychiatrist who does inpatient psych and yeah. talk about what happens yeah. when ABDL people show up in your practice. Yeah. I and, almost and just I said record that's this. part of like <laughs> a lot of what I'm looking at over the next like year or two is like I'm realizing that there's just this much bigger uh, – there's just so much, much more that has to be done. Like the book is great and it's wonderful, but – there's so much more. There's so many more people that have to be educated, you know, in, in hospitals and, and police stations and law firms across the country have so, to know. Yeah, this is my like, call so out. At least they're aware of it. If you are that psychiatrist, if you are that lawyer, if you are that police officer, shoot me a note. Let's talk because I totally agree. And let's begin that dialogue here on the podcast. I totally agree, Dr. Rhoda. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad that you are doing the work in the academic sphere as well as the popular sphere that not only helps with the clinical work that you're doing, but will raise the bar for uh, the searchability, the findability of even the academics who might be looking for an answer. They're now going to be able to find even more. You know, right. Dr. Dr. Uh, Matt Sevier has done some great work. Bitter Gray has done some great work. There are others that you cite in the book who have certainly put out some great work here. But you have sort of bridged, I think, in a way that um, is really meaningful, the popular dialogue and the academic dialogue here. And I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Yes. This, I think the societal information and education has, we've got to start working on that because yeah. it is, is so needed. So we have, <laughs> we've talked about this book, but we haven't told anybody what it's called. We should do that. This is why the lead for 50 minutes. For 50, we are the worst podcast host <laughs> in history. Um, and now it's over. Good luck finding it, everybody. <laughs> so every once in a while, every once in a while, somebody will say, are you sure you guys weren't sponsored by da, 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 by North Shore? Cause they came on or by Teddy Con or whatever. This is how, you know, we're not sponsored as we didn't even name the damn book. Yeah, guys, you would know if we were sponsored. <laughs> if we were sponsored, we would be more professional. So this book is called You're Not Broken, Dr. Rhoda's Guide to Strong Self-Worth for ABDLs. It is by Rhoda Lipscomb. And Dr. Rhoda, how can people get this book? Um, it is now on Amazon. So people can find uh, paperback and Kindle versions on Amazon. Um I also have hard copies. If someone really wants an autographed hard copy, uh, they can contact me. I'd be happy to autograph it and so send cool. it to them. Yes. I only say that because we got an autographed copy and now it's, it's like, a it's like a treasure. I'm not, it's I'm worth not, it. I'm never letting it it's go. It's 100% worth it. 
So, um, so they can, they can contact you. How would you like them to get in touch with you? Uh, the best way is email, um, at my website, uh, Rhoda at drrhoda.com. Amazing. So R-H-O-D-A at D-R-R-H-O-D-A.com. That's good because I'm guessing spellings of Lipscomb will vary depending on what they're guessing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, try to have people try to spell Lipscomb. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Rota, congratulations on getting this book yes. out. And just a huge thank you again. I, I, I've dug into the book. I've read most of it, and I'm a huge fan of this thank work. You. I'm just so grateful that you made it. And we're really proud to share it with the Love and Brief audience. We sure are. Thank you. I'm so happy to share it with all of you. And and there are some very exciting changes coming to my website the beginning of the year. Um, so anybody who ha- – there will be a complete overhaul of my website, and it's going to be – pretty much completely abdl focused amazing wow. okay friends that's drrota.com but but don't look for it but, yet no bookmark yeah, don't it. Look for it yet. we have a, <laughs> we have so much work to do <laughs> we're hoping to launch it by the beginning of january you know so, what though they should go now regardless because they could get in contact with you through the website they well, could get in contact with yeah. me through there yes but as the person who's redoing my website keeps telling me oh my god your website is terrible we have to <laughs> <laughs> Like, I well, know, at least I'm they're sorry. honest, I guess. She's yeah, very guess. honest. Yeah. She's very brutally honest with me. She's like, this is crap. we got to redo this. <laughs> awesome. Like, well, okay, I'm glad that you've got you. someone on your team. Yeah, that's right. This is oh, why I never ask for amazing. feedback. No, we love feedback. <laughs> um, and, and can people, no, if, if, if they do enjoy the book, can they can they rate it or review it somehow? Is there like a, I guess on, maybe oh, on yeah, Amazon or something? And you can certainly rate it on Amazon. And I know Amazon has reviews and and rates it. And so, yes, okay. if people want to do that, I would I would be forever grateful. Well, I'll tell you what, as soon as we hang up, it's the first thing I'm doing. Uh, well, maybe I should finish <laughs> the book first. That'll be done by tomorrow. Finish and the then book. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't finish, finish the book by tomorrow, I will start tattling <laughs> it's, on I'm air. I'm getting there. Uh, well, and so last <laughs> I need week. to read it, maybe. Yeah, no, you can have it next. I'm almost done. She happened to have sent it. And I happen to have picked it up first. Patience is not a virtue of mine. <laughs> I know, I, I know this. Very certain that you <laughs> will need to finish it within the week. And and likewise, if you like this podcast, please do rate and review. But that's not the point of this bonus episode. We wanted to introduce you to You're Not Broken, Dr. Rhoda's Guide to Strong Self-Worth for ABDLs. It's the whole reason we made this podcast is to promote that sense of acceptance and self-worth and community. And I think, Dr. Rhoda, you've done a brilliant job. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about it. thank you. And go look for it, friends. You will not regret it. Correct. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a bonus episode of Love in Brief. (laughs) 